0: Praise the Lord. Well, Brother Ivan, what's going to happen? You, Kendra, coming up first, you're going to take it and blow and go. And better bring that bottle of water. I don't want you to get dehydrated up here. <laughs> All right. Kendra, even though she's the second child, is one of the most amazing preachers in, in the world. Unbelievable, has a heart for Kenya is a heart for Africa, always been there. Years ago, when she was just about this tall, we went to Africa together. It was the first time I'd been with her, and we went on a trip. Um, Living Waters Church people were there. She was there. We built a Bible school uh, over in uh, Botswana, and uh, she's been amazing. She, she loves me, yes. and I'm her favorite pastor. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And uh, she's going to get very wealthy someday by writing books and things like that. And she's going to take care of me in my old age. So praise God. Glory to God.
1: (laughs) That's a lot of plans for my life right there. Thank you. (laughs) They all sound good to me. Hello, Living Waters Church. How are you all tonight? It is so good to be here. I always get so excited to come to Texas. You know I was born and raised in Texas? That's right. So I'm all about it. So I just feel like I'm coming home every time I go. And every time we hear my dad and I talk about, we gotta move back, we gotta move back. Oh my gosh, we just can't get enough. We love you guys, we love the culture here, we love this church. Your church is seriously such a huge plank in the foundation of our ministry. The support that you guys have shown us over the years, the brother that Pastor Robert is to my dad and Miss Laura is to, or Pastor Laura I should say, cause you're just, yeah, you're a pastor. Pastor Laura is, to to us and our family and my mom, is truly incredible, and um, I just want you guys to know that we truly don't take this place for granted, we don't take this house for granted, and the gifts here, and the lives here in your hearts, and I'm so grateful that you decided to come out tonight on a Sunday night, and during all this craziness in the world that you're here, beautiful faces shining bright, unintimidated, amen? So awesome, praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to speak to you guys tonight about a really fun topic, pain. Isn't that awesome? Brokenness and pain and agonies of life and how God is more than enough for us in those situations. You know, when I was praying about what to minister tonight, I just felt like God said, tell your story. So that's what I'm going to do. I've never spoken on these things before, and I just feel like we're family. So I'm going to just speak from my heart, okay? Um, About, what was it, almost six years ago, we decided to move, 22 of us, from Colorado to Georgia. So massive move, moved the whole ministry, moved the whole family, even some friends came with us. And what we kept saying is, we're going to the promised land. We're going to the promised land. And, you know, we love Colorado. It's great in many ways. But we had been feeling a tug for a while to move to a new place with a church that we could truly get behind and truly get grafted into, especially for our kids. And we found one there in Georgia that we really felt God had called us all to, which is amazing. How do you get 22 people to agree on something like that, right? But we really felt like he had. And, oh, we're going to our promised land. So we went and i want to read you what happened to the israelites when they got to the promised land are you ready it says then caleb quieted the people before moses and said we should by all means go up and take possession of it for we will surely overcome it Yea, for caleb but the men who had gone up with him said we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us so they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone in spying it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people who we saw in it are men of great size, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. So... The promised land sounds like this beautiful thing, right? My dad has an amazing series about entering the promised land, and it's full of promise. And that is what the promised land is, right? It's full of promise, a land flowing with milk and honey. But here's something that I forgot. The promised land has giants in it, right? And we have these dreams and we have these visions and we have these incredible expectations and this is our new thing and this is, I'm getting married finally, I'm having a baby finally, I'm graduating from school finally, I'm moving out of the house finally, whatever it is that we think, oh, I'm gonna work out and I'm gonna lose that 20 pounds finally, right? These things that are all oh, my promised land, my dreams are gonna come true. And then we get there and we're like, there's some big folks out there right? There are some big enemies out there waiting for you that want to steal those promises from you. When we moved in very short amount of time, we had four broken arms in my kids. I had three months of throwing up and agonizing pain, going to the emergency room, coming back, them not knowing what was wrong, telling me it was stress, which I think really is doctor's word for we don't know, and ended up with an emergency gallbladder surgery to remove that. The doctor literally said, I've never seen a gallbladder this sick and this infected, it almost burst, which I didn't even know gallbladders could do. We had two emergency room visits for something called croup, which I'd never heard of, but my little girl couldn't breathe and she was turning purple and we two of our dogs got hit by cars, which was very sad. My, other, my little girl got her second and third degree burns on her arm from tea when she was trying to help her daddy carry it to the car on Christmas Eve. I mean, this sounds like a bad country song, right? Our cars broke down multiple times. We went from literally getting out of debt right before we moved to going right back into m- many dollars of debt with medical bills. We'll just leave it at that. And um, I was like, Lord God of heaven, how is this our life <laughs> everything was quiet and still and fine in colorado in fact that's one of the reasons why we wanted to move was we felt like we're just getting in a rut everything's too comfortable people stay comfortable no <laughs> that's not my message <laughs> uh, but maybe <laughs> but really we were like we got to get out of here we got to grow we got to stretch we got to be part of a church that preaches faith and that anything's possible with god well we were put to the test with those beliefs straight away And what was amazing was realizing that your body can be in shambles. Your finances can be in a hole. Your relationships can go from bad to worse. Ones that you would think never would be having a hard time can actually be in a crisis situation, and yet your spirit can thrive. Isn't that amazing? I never had known that before. I never had known God in that way. But you can be in what outwardly looks like the hardest and worst time in the natural of your life and actually still wake up with a song on your lips. You can actually go through the day in peace. You can still find a reason to praise Him. And something that I would never ever trade ever for these years of true pain and hardship and brokenness is that lesson that God is near to those who mourn. He will comfort the brokenhearted. Amen. You know, that that beginning part of the gallbladder situation really led to what has been now five years of just a really serious health journey for me. I ended up finally finding a great doctor, got a lot of tests run, found out I had ulcers and gastritis and bacteria and parasites and I couldn't oxygenate my blood and literally just dozen, literally over a dozen things. And I sat there in the office and the doctor said, you know, people come and see me when they have one of these. I can't believe you walked in here with all of this. And that, even just that felt like, how much is God a miracle worker? How much is he a miracle worker? Look at how faithful he is. And some of you may feel like, how did I walk in here tonight? How do I go home to my husband or my wife every night with the brokenness that's in our relationship? How do I keep reaching out to that same child that feels like all they do is slap my hand away? But somewhere in you, God gives you whatever it takes to keep going forward, amen? Someone keeps, I mean, Pastor Robert and Pastor Laura would not still be pastors of this church if they just chose the easy way. They're pastoring y'all, right? (laughs) They're trying to help people, like actual real life people, not people in chairs people, but people with personalities and brokenness and pain and hurt and their own baggage, not to mention their own baggage from their life and their hurt and their pain. But God has the ability to do what we cannot do. And that's why pain is good news. That's why brokenness is good news. You know, I love this story in the Bible of King Hezekiah. Many of you I'm sure are familiar with it where he became very ill and he was gonna die and he prayed to God, please spare my life. And God said, I'll give you 15 more years because you've loved me. And this was his prayer after. It says, oh Lord, I am oppressed. Take my side and be my security. What shall I say? For he has spoken to me, and he himself has done it. I will wander aimlessly all my years because of the bitterness of my soul. Has anyone ever felt like that? Like, how will the future ever be brighter? How will this bitterness in my soul ever change back to joy? It truly can feel hopeless. But this is what it says. It says, O Lord, this is crazy. This blew me away. It said, O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these is the life of my spirit. By these hardships, by this pain, is the life of my spirit." That sounds so like, how is that even possible? says, "'Restore me to health and let me live. Indeed, it was for my own well-being that I had such bitterness, but you have loved back my life from the pit of nothingness and destruction.'" I'm not gonna get dehydrated. you have loved back my life from the pit of nothingness and destruction for you have cast all my sins behind your back isn't that beautiful death cannot praise you and rejoice in you those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness it is the living who give praise and thanks to you as i do today isn't that beautiful When you feel like, how is this ever going to change? I am in the pit. I am full of bitterness. I am full of destruction. I'm full of, literally, he says, the pit of nothingness. There were so many times when I literally just sat on my bed praying, saying, God, I have nothing left. I have nothing left. There were times when I really, truly wanted it all to end. Just, God, take me to heaven now. Some way, somehow, just let it end. And that's from a mom of children who she loves, but you can really feel that hopeless, right? You can really be in that much pain. And yet God says, I will come in and my love, I will love you back to life. I will love you back to life. I will love your dreams back to life. I will breathe fresh revival into those dead places it's actually his specialty it's his favorite thing it's his very nature is resurrection and power and hope and faith i want you to think as i talk What is the thing that I used to believe for that I gave up on? What door have I closed in my heart, in my life, in my dreamer, in my marriage, with my children, in my finances, in my job, in my personal health, whatever it may be? Where have I said enough's enough? It's too painful to look at. It's too hard to dream for anymore. I don't want to think about it any longer because it hurts too much. That is where God says, I want to love you back to life. I, it's not, I want to discipline you back to life. I want to teach you back to life. I want to scold you back to life. I want to walk you through all your mistakes back to life. He says, I want to love you back to life. Because that's the kind of God we serve, right? A personal, intimate Jesus. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, if I want to produce wheat, the change must go deeper than the surface. I must be plowed up and re how many farmers are in here are no farm. You all know farmers or you're a farmer or your daddy was a farmer, somebody was a farmer, right? Best people in the world. And you know that you can't go throw seed on hard ground. You can't just will it to be corn. You can't just show it a picture of corn and now it's gonna be corn, right? You have to get out there, break the soil, till it up, make sure that it's fertile, that it's good, that it's soft. We can't just say, I want to produce fruit. I'm a Christian. I'm going to do it now. I look cute and I'm at church. Right? Right? We have to be willing to go through the plowing up. What a word. The plowing up. You know, we were just driving from Yellowstone down to Idaho Falls, and we went through miles of just farmland, beautiful land. And the big combines were out there. You you impressed? I know the word combine thank you. (laughs) I know my people. The combines are out there in the night with their big lights and they're just harvesting, harvesting, harvesting. And it was, it looked like fog at first when we were coming over the hill. We didn't know what was happening because so much was blowing around and it was just an amazing sight. And I just thought that is God's plan for each one of us, not just to break the soil, but to sow the soil and then to bring about a mighty harvest where you got to be harvested into the night. You have to have the big combines with the big lights that can go all day and go all night because there's that much to bring home. But first, we have to be willing to be broken. We have to be willing to be plowed up. And that is the hard part, is the willingness to allow ourselves to trust God enough to say, plow my life break up the dirt in my heart, break up the soil that has become hard, that that has become unfruitful, the land that I've left without any attention for so long because it just looked too difficult or it was too scary or that was too much pain from when I was young. And now it's 40 years later, shouldn't I be fine? If you're not fine, you're not fine. And it's okay to not be fine. It's okay that God would need to go back and say, okay, it's time for that. Because this is something I've learned is God heals you in the right order. He doesn't heal you like people heal you, where they want to do it all at once and just be fine, be okay, be better, or at least act better because then it makes everybody else more comfortable. You actually, God, when you put your hands, your heart in God's hands, He takes you through things in order. He knows when you're ready to be healed from that thing that happened when you were four years old. He knows when you're ready to be healed from what happened yesterday. He knows when you're ready to be healed from what happened on your honeymoon. He knows when you're ready to be healed from what that boss said or that teacher said or what you did to yourself that you just so deeply regret and feel like, how could I ever be free of that shame? He does things in order for your heart and for your life. You can trust him to not overwhelm you. You can trust him to not do things when you're not ready. He is gentle and kind. That's what the word says. Jesus is gentle and kind and has a meek spirit. That's why his burden is easy and his yoke is light. Because he isn't mean. He isn't harsh. He isn't forceful. It's not about him. It's about you to him. Isn't that phenomenal? What more could we ever want? What more could we ever need? How could we ever find anyone to trust more dearly than that? Is this okay? I know this isn't a scream and shout and jump in sermon, but this is me. <laughs> but um, this was something that God spoke to me one time after I had gotten that report, and it felt so overwhelming. And the doctor said to me, we're going to have to take this one thing at a time. This is not going to be, uh, you take some pills, you feel better. We, he said, this is, has been going on for so long that this will be a long process. So first we had to tackle the ulcers, right? And I did have to take, I took 38 pills a day. It was a lot of stuff to get better. And literally, I only drank these doctor-prescribed shakes for almost an entire year. Isn't that fun? Who likes to chew? Yeah, me too. (laughs) But I wanted to get better, right? It got to the point where everything hurt all the time. And I have children who want me to run around and play with them. So you have to choose. Am I going to choose the pain of sickness or am I going to choose the pain of recovery? Amen? You will be in pain either way, I'm sorry to tell you. (laughs) But it's worth it when it's the pain of recovery because it comes with a promise. And that's what's so truly phenomenal about the Jesus we serve. Unlike self-help groups or other religions or this you-can-do-it-yourself, self-gratifying, brave enough to live your dreams. Crap. Am I allowed to say crap? Okay. (laughs) It is is about becoming like Jesus— So that you can be like Jesus and what is who is Jesus perfect peace perfect love perfect peace I think that we get it really mixed up sometimes when we think God is just arrogant and he just wants you to be like him so that he has many hymns because he likes to look at him and hear him and think about him it's not like that he loves you and so he wants you to be like him because he lives in perfect peace perfect joy isn't that amazing? He actually wants you not to just get saved for heaven, but to live in the kingdom of God here on earth. I like your face, you're great, smiling at me. It's really nice to see, and a pretty necklace. Um, this was something that God told me when I got that report. He said, there's no bad news when you're a Christian. There's no bad news. And I immediately thought, but what about this and what about that and what about this? He said, no, there's no bad news because there is nothing that can be told to you, nothing that can happen to you that I will not give you the grace that's sufficient for you. We have four kids here on earth and two in heaven, my husband and I. And while I cry, it's actually now out of joy, not out of sadness, believe it or not. Because what used to be sorrowful loss, you then realize, is gain. Because they've never known a moment of pain. They literally live and play with angels. They've only known Jesus' face, right? What beautiful gain. Finally, two kids, I don't have to shower, right? (laughs) No. But I will meet them again, and I will know them, and I will name them, and I will get to raise them. I really believe that that God will keep them for us. I always get emotional when I come here. I think it's Robert. he's such an emotional guy, you know. Um. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the truth and it makes me cry because it's so wonderful, God's just too good. The fact that something like death even is swallowed up in victory. The fact that even death is swallowed up in victory. Isn't that beautiful? That what would seem like loss to us actually becomes our gain. What I could only see as a bad report actually becomes a testimony of victory and strength. And what has really been amazing is parts of my health journey have been met with miraculous healing. I was miraculously healed of the ulcers, but other parts haven't been healed yet. Isn't that strange? Not miraculously. He's taking me through it. But even in that, God has a reason and a purpose. And I truly believe that a huge part of it is to remind me, is to remind me that he's enough for me and that he will be faithful to me day by day for the rest of my life. And he's walking me through. How many of you are willing to go through with him? Amen? He will break through for you. The cracks that happen in our heart, the cracks that happen in our life, that's what lets the light in. Think of it that way, instead of seeing it as brokenness that is loss. That's the the things that let the light in. There are places in my heart that used to be so solid and so hard, and I was so sure, and I was so stalwart, and I was absolutely black and white, that now have cracks in them because of life. And that's where God can shine in humility and sweetness and tenderness and empathy and love for others that I will never know intimately, but I can see the same look in their eyes that I have in mine. And we can stand and pray together and believe God for more than what the enemy would have planned for us. Amen. There is pain. There is pain beyond words and beyond describing. There is pain that we can't even begin to try and share verbally with somebody else because we don't know how, but God knows. And when those situations come into our life, we actually get to say, like Jesus said, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you. How many have been lied on? talked bad about, hurt, even by your own family, even by the people that you thought they would never. And then they do. Blessed, the word says. So if you're in pain today, I have good news. You're blessed. You're blessed. You will never know God in good times like you do in hard times. You will never know him in the abundance like you do in the times where he's just bringing you through day by day and being your daily bread. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Getting to know Jesus as my comforter, as my best friend, as the love of my life, as the only one with the words of life. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Relish in the times, in the days where you wake up and feel overwhelmed. Sing a new song to God and say, I'm blessed today. This is gonna be a hard one. I'm up for the challenge, I'm bracing myself because I'm gonna do it with you, Jesus, and I'm gonna to get to hear you all day long. Tell me how you're enough for me and how you've put in me everything that I need, everything that I need for this situation. He's so amazing at it. Oh, is everybody okay? Catching my breath, okay. In Isaiah 53, it says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and pain and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hide their faces. How incredible that Jesus himself, perfect God, knows every pain, every sorrow, every grief that you could ever experience, not because it was done to him, but because he chose to carry it himself. Nothing could happen at God that he didn't choose. Jesus was nobody's victim. Jesus was not overpowered for one second of his beautiful life, not for one. Things happen to us and we have no say in them, right? But could you imagine choosing that pain that you've experienced on behalf of somebody else over and over and over to the point where you are perfect love, perfect provision, perfect kindness, Perfect faithfulness. Your entire life you have lived for others. Every second of the day you have lived for others like Jesus did. And still they despise you. And still they reject you. It says he was a man of sorrow and pain. A man of sorrow and pain. Acquainted with grief. Like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised. Our sweet Jesus who we come and worship and sing to and love on. In his own days on this earth, he was not treated that way. And in so many corners of the world, he isn't treated that way. Yet he was perfectly innocent. You think he doesn't understand how you feel? You think he doesn't know what it's like to be in in these situations where there's nowhere to turn except for God? He knows he's well acquainted. You don't have a God that can't relate to you. What beautiful news. How, fantastic, how How many of you have sat across the table from someone and shared a true hurt, and you can just see in their eyes they don't quite get what you're saying. And you're like, okay, we need to move on. <laughs> right? It's a, it's a hollow, empty, lonely feeling when you know the person just can't quite grasp what you're trying to say. But that it will never be Jesus for you. That would never be Jesus. He understands it all completely and totally. And that means he has the perfect answer for you. And so I want to challenge you. Turn to him. Turn to him every single time. Find a reason to be grateful. This is one of the greatest lessons I think any of us can learn is to be broken and give thanks. Be broken and give thanks. Because that's when Jesus gets to give you away and multiply you, right? We saw that over and over in Jesus' ministry. He broke the bread. He gave thanks. He gave it away. He was broken for us. He thanked the Father, and he was given away over and over and over again. You know, my son Tate, we were in Guatemala once. They were on a field trip with the orphans, and, well, no longer orphans, praise the Lord, with the kids, and uh, someone shut a seat on his toe, the metal clampy kind, in the car, and I mean... I wasn't there, but I heard about it, and he told me about it, and I saw the toe, and Lord have mercy. He was in agony, pain, crying out to God kind of pain, literally. And they prayed for him, and he fell asleep, which was amazing. But he said later, he said to me, he said, Mom, I'm so grateful that we can experience pain here. I mean, he was nine at the time, so this is pretty amazing. He said, I'm so grateful we can experience pain here because it makes me so much more excited for heaven. How beautiful is that? There literally can be purpose in everything. We can find something to be grateful for in everything. And he's an amazing boy, but he's not a saint, I would just like to say. I don't think saints smell like that. But, (laughs) right, moms? Okay. Sweaty boys in Georgia? But we really can decide, I'm going to embrace, embrace, not just put up with Stan, you know, I'm going to fight my way through this, but embrace the difficulties of life. Embrace the brokenness of being a human being. God knows that it's hard. We need to accept the fact that it is scary to be human and mortal in a fallen world, right? So we bring our humanity to him and we say, God, this is all I have for you today. All I have for you today is my struggle. All I have for you today is my fear. All I have for you today is my loneliness. All I have for you today is my flesh. All I have for you today is my selfishness or my pain or my frustration. That's all I have for you. And guess what he does? He says, okay, I'll take those ashes. Here's some beauty. I'm gonna make you beautiful today. You feel ugly. You feel like your heart's ugly. You feel like your ability to parent is ugly or your ability to be a great wife or husband or pastor or whatever it may be. I'm gonna give you beauty for that. That can only happen when we embrace it, when we give up control, when we live with open lives, when we choose that pain of recovery instead of the pain of the sickness. Yeah. Amen? All right. I'm going to start to wrap it up. I don't want to promise to wrap it up, but I'm going to start to wrap it up. And... This is, this is the identity shift. This, I feel like, is the most important part because we can hear these things, but if we still think wrong about ourselves and about how God sees us, it doesn't last. We're just like, okay, yay, we're warriors, we're amazing, we're gonna just love pain and brokenness, but then it comes along and we're like, wait, who am I and what does God think about me and how does this work? And this is what I really wanna tell you. Every single one of us born on this earth is born an orphan. We are born... Lost, broken, hurting, without a hope in the world, no matter how wonderful your parents were, which I had wonderful ones, we are fallen, right? We have to be adopted by God himself, or we live orphans. And we have a lot of interaction with orphans. We know orphans well. We know the mindsets of orphans. We know how they think the propensities for shame, for self-hatred, for perfectionist mentalities, for either I do it all right or I'm no good, all those kind of things. But this is what God does, which is so amazing. He's so not like people. He doesn't do partial adoptions. He doesn't say you're part mine, you're half mine. You can partially identify with me. I'll give you a little bit of the kingdom. I'll give you this much, but this part is only for Jesus, my real son. God doesn't do that. The father doesn't do that. He says, when you accept Jesus, you become a co-heir with Jesus. He does not see you any different than Jesus himself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is literally impossible. It's almost impossible to get your mind around. He doesn't see you any different than he sees Jesus. You are the same as the one who came to earth, died on the cross for you, was resurrected and sits at the right hand of the father you are the same to him he doesn't partially adopt he gives you all of the kingdom all of the kingdom what value must you have to him what preciousness must you represent to him he is not arrogant he doesn't need to keep some just for his real son jesus He doesn't need to keep some just for him and his real house and his real world, and you can come and visit, right? You are his just as much as Jesus is. Craig and I have four kids, like I said. One of those we adopted. We met him when he was 17. So he had gone through a lot of life. He had been through a lot, I'll say that. He'd been through a lot of pain. And one of the things that was so hard for him was feeling worthy, when he came into our family, whenever he'd struggle, whenever he'd feel depressed, whenever he would have a bad attitude, he'd want to isolate himself because he didn't feel worthy. Felt like I just need to go away until I'm over this. And how many of us do that? That's our natural, that's our natural reaction is you're bright and beautiful. I'm dark and ugly. I need to separate myself until I feel bright and beautiful and then I'll come back. But God says, when you're my family, your pain is my pain. Your struggle is my struggle. There is no you and me, it's us. It's just like when you're married. My husband doesn't have problems that aren't my problems. He doesn't have issues that he needs to work out that I don't need to work out. We are made one in Jesus. And when we brought this young, his name is Kai, by the way, he's amazing. You'll meet him someday. When Kai became a part of our family, he used to have a different name. We don't speak that, no, (laughs) no, but he got a new name when he became part of our family, which is really beautiful process. And that's what God does to us as well, right? That's a whole nother sermon, though. I could go through the whole adoption thing. But when he brings us in, just like we said to Kai, we said, whatever is yours is ours. Whatever curses need to be broken, we're breaking them with you. Whatever hardships you've been through, we want to carry and shoulder that journey and that brokenness. Whatever pain you've had in your life, it's our pain. You don't get better and then come and be a part. And okay, now I can flourish as it reigns. Now I'm worthy. Now I'm great. No, we say to God now, all of us as his children, realizing he sees us like Jesus and say, Jesus didn't make me him to you just for me to remind you all the time that I'm really me and you forgot, right? That's what we do so often. We say to God, yeah, I know that was really great and really sweet of him and that was really nice and I'm so glad he went to the trouble of saving me, but don't forget I'm really me right? And I really fall and I really struggle and I really have all these hard times. No. We say, I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus. I'm going to be Jesus. Hide me in Jesus. I want to be known just by Jesus and Jesus alone. Take him up on it. Take it. Take it to the full extent. Be a hundred percent in on that because it truly is the resurrection and the life to your death to the death of this world, to whatever was broken, whatever hurt you, whoever hurt you, we get to say, he is mine and I am his, inseparably. 1 John 3.20, it says, whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and condemn us and remind us of our failures, we know that God is much greater, much greater than your heart that condemns you, and more merciful than our conscience, and he knows everything there is to know about us. Even the things you don't know about yourself. Have you guys ever done anything and you're like, why did I do that? What the heck was I thinking? Where did that come from? I had one of those moments the other day, but we won't talk about it. And I was like, what just happened? <clears throat> it was in defense of my child, but from a yucky, ugly stranger man who was very rude. But <clears throat> Mama Bear came out a little bit and my husband went and fixed it. But I <laughs> I'm sorry, but not sorry. It's one of those situations. <laughs> But we get to say, though our heart condemn us, though our heart may accuse us, though our heart may make us feel like you are that mistake, God is greater than that heart. God is greater than your heart about yourself, and he knows you even better than you know yourself. That is good news to me that he looks past my actions. He looks past my thoughts. He looks past the accusations I speak to myself. And he says, let me remind you who you are. Let me lift you up. Second to last verse, says Psalm 23, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley, this is Passion Translation, I know Dwayne's wife likes that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. How much of our life do we try to avoid pain? Do we live in fear of loss, fear of failure, fear of being hurt? How much do we hold back? I live so much of my life trying to ensure that I wouldn't be hurt. So much of my life was spent trying to see any hole that's coming up, any possible wreckage, anything that could come out and surprise me from the bushes. I lived on full alert internally so much of my life growing up. And that is just a thief and a robber. And it shows that we don't trust God, that if we get hurt, he'll heal us. We live brave, wide open, big, giving lives when we trust that God will be able to heal anything that would damage us, right? My kids have, well, I don't know if I should tell a story. Are there any children? Don't listen. My kids, little tiny, have jumped from second-story barn lofts to my husband on the ground. And yes, I stood there like a good wife who didn't say stop because I want to be supportive. But I also was terrified. But they trust their dad to catch them. And their grandparents weren't there. Um, but they trust their big, strong dad to catch them, right? They can live bigger, wider, more adventurous lives that's what god wants for you a big wide open adventurous free wild crazy amazing in love with him life where you're willing to love the unlovable and you're willing to go back again and try again and you're willing to believe god for the impossible and you're willing to think that what could never happen in your life in your family could actually happen isn't that an amazing thought Remember that thing that I asked you in the beginning, what's the thing that you feel like you've closed the door on? Don't forget that thing. That's the thing God is breathing life into. So we're not going to be afraid. We're not going to spend our lives trying to avoid pain and risk and the what ifs and how could it ever go right when so much has gone wrong. Listen, right now you may be in the situation where you're like, I, what are you talking about, dream big? I can't even think of tomorrow how I'm going to get through it. That's where I'm at. Well, remember that anything is possible with him, and tomorrow may be the day when it all turns around. If something can go wrong like that, something can go right like that. Some I've had those phone calls where you get him and you're just like, fall on the ground, can't believe the news that was on the other side. Bad and good. Let's live like people that expect the good. Let's live like people that expect God to call through a person or himself or your time with him, whatever it may be, and say, the miraculous has just happened the impossible has just happened let's be children to god again my little girl which i want to say miss laura when you lead worship you remind me so much of her or she reminds me of you i don't know how that works but she she just sits in her room and sings to god and makes up songs on her little karaoke machine and it is the sweetest thing and it always makes me cry and i feel like that is so how god would feel when you lead worship you have the purest sweetest heart every time I think it. And I've never told you, and I wanted to tell you, I'm going to tell you in front of everybody. So everyone agrees because it's true. Amen. It's so true. I love it. And you know, so many people, and I, this is one of the reasons why I love this church so much. So many people today, I feel like are so caught up in the lights and the glamour and the whatever, right? The exciting, but to me, that's my favorite. That is that's where I meet Jesus. That's where I feel I feel like I can be alone with Jesus with a safe spirit like your pastors. Amen, where that you know she does that alone. Right? And God has just the sweetest you have the sweetest voice and the sweetest spirit about it. it. Blesses me so much every time. I just get lost in it. It's so beautiful. I don't remember what I was saying, but it's true, right? About her. <laughs> um But to remember, in closing, to remember, it's not over until we walk through those pearly gates. There is always hope. And essentially, heaven is our final hope. But here on earth, there is always hope because tomorrow is a brand new day. It's a brand. We don't give up. We don't give up the fight. We don't ever say it's lost. We don't ever say, nope, that person that I love is always going to remain an atheist or my husband's always going to be a jerk or whatever it may be. We are going to be people of faith. We're going to be people of proclamations of truth and of the character of God and what he does in our life. Amen. We are not gonna be people who keep scores of our hurts and our pains, and that's what we live from, but we're gonna turn those things into testimonies and say, I'm so glad we get to feel pain. What a privilege. It makes us more excited for heaven, gives us more to minister from, gives us more to give away. I'm so grateful for the pain of my life, for the things that have been hard. It's truly made me a better person. I can say that for sure. I am not a spoiled brat like I could have been. (laughs) We all could, right? Thank the Lord that he loves me enough to let me go through the plowing process, through the tilling process, through the being sown, through the seeds dying and then the sprouting and then the watering. And then we do it all over again in a new area. We are up for the challenge, right? Living Waters, we are up for the challenge. No matter how old or how young you may be, this applies. You don't get to a certain age and then be like, "Okay, I'm retiring from life. I'm retiring from spiritual growth. I'm retiring from the challenges that God has for me. He has something for you to be fruitful in and challenged in and grow in until the day you meet him in heaven. Amen? So let's be brave. Let's be, I mean, you're, there's no way your pastors are ever going to stop, right? They're not going to stop sowing into the kingdom of God and believing for crazy things. He was asking us today about land in Kenya, and he wants to come. Okay, hold him to that. He, they have got to come what? Yeah, that's right. Be amazing. We can go see the lions together. But this is my this is my closing verse. It says if I say, "Surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you." I couldn't believe my dad said it this morning. Light travels faster than darkness. Light travels faster than darkness. There is only the possibility of darkness when light leaves. Light actually has to leave for darkness to have a place. And Jesus will never leave you, never forsake you. He will never leave you without. He doesn't leave emptiness in us. He doesn't leave holes in us. There is no place, like it says, even darkness is as light to you. How beautiful. I... I, feel like there are so many places in our hearts where we have shut the door and turned off the lights and said, I'm never gonna look in there. And we feel like, how could I ever go back there? That hurts too much or that's too scary or whatever the case may be. But to God, he can always see it. And he always has had an answer for it. And to him, it's not intimidating. It's not scary to him. Your darkness is, is like noonday to him. S- decide to see not with human eyes. Decide to see not with the doctor's report. Remember, there's no bad news when you're a Christian. There is no bad news when you're a Christian. Death itself is swallowed up in victory. We cling so tightly to this life and to this earth and to this flesh and to our homes and to our things. We cling so tightly to them. They are nothing in the grand scheme of things. Eternity is everything and we're all going there. What amazing news. And if you're not going there, you're you're gonna get a chance to go there tonight. Pops, why don't you come up if you're ready? Let's minister to some people. He's gonna minister to you and pray for you and everything, but I wanna leave you with that thought. Don't be intimidated by the dark. Don't think for one second that God doesn't have night vision. It's just as bright as the noonday to him. Amen? God bless you guys.
2: Thank you, babe. Thank you, Kendra. That was really great. Put your hand on your chest now and let's pray about pain. So, honestly, that's a great word. I mean, it's, it's so genuinely applies to everybody. And there's so many levels of it. And you can't go anywhere to hide from it. And there's pain that comes from disobedience, which is very, very destructive pain. And then there's pain that comes from obedience. Sometimes obeying God brings pain as disobeying God brings pain loving somebody brings pain hating somebody brings pain and so if you if you manage your pain divinely with the holy spirit then then that pain makes you a better human being a better person and if you mismanage it then you become bitter and abusive and afraid so i pray for your pain whatever that pain may be whatever that pain may be wherever the pain came from the pain of abandonment the pain of rejection the pain of fear the pain of of abuses the pain of broken relationships the pain of loving your children and being afraid for them or concerned because they may be making bad choices the pain of grandchildren and how to protect them and not being able to do that the pain of being sick in your body the pain of not having an answer to a very painful situation. The pain of having conflict with people, confrontation with people, strife with people, contention with people. The pain of not pleasing God and knowing that you're not pleasing God. The pain of losing something very precious to you a child a friendship be healed of those pains right now let the oil of the Holy Spirit come into your body and let it heal your mind the mind needs to be healed let your mind be healed by the oil of the Holy Spirit right now let your emotions be healed from the ravages of just living life in this world. Let your emotions be healed. Let your heart not be broken any longer. Be healed from betrayals of friends and maybe even family. Be healed of verbal wounds that come unexpected words that are spoken to you that are ugly and mean and cruel and painful be healed of that tonight and be healed of a hard heart because it's the only defense we have without Jesus we don't have another way of protecting ourselves so we have to get hard hearted towards those that hurt us. And that only separates us from God. Let God heal your heart right now and let him melt it and mend it and cure it and let him draw out the poisons that would make your life in any way bitter or resentful. say, Holy Spirit, come into my life because I don't want to be made into some kind of monster or and I don't want to be imprisoned by this pain. I don't want to be afraid of pain. I don't want to run away from people and life. So heal me. Heal me, Jesus. Right now, heal me. So that I can do what you've called me to do. And so that I can be who you want me to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. So I'm going to read you a verse of scripture. And this is going to be all part of the ministry. I'm I'm ministering to you right now. And that's what the Lord said. Wash the people with the word. So I'm going to minister to you. And Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits, who pardons all our iniquity, who heals all our diseases, who redeems our life from the pit, who crowns us with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies our years with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Now put your heart in God's hands right now and as Kendra was talking about pain all divinely managed pain is for the purpose of defining you and revealing to you your true identity. Because the first thing that has been destroyed in our lives since we were children is our true identity. Very few of us have grown up the people we were supposed to be. We did crazy things because we didn't have an identity. We were just living out of the passions and desires of our own lives and of those we admired that led us into lots of different types of darkness. And when you find who you really are, and pain does that, pain is a key, that if you handle it with God's grace, that it reveals to you who you really are in Jesus because God doesn't waste anything. He has an agenda for every single event in your life and everything that happens to you. God has an agenda, just like the devil has an agenda for pain. God has an agenda. We don't pray for pain. We don't ask for pain. We don't want pain. But pain is part of living life. And your identity, if it is not what God wants it to be, then you're never going to do what you were born to do. You're never going to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. You have to know who you are. This is one beautiful thing about God. God, when he identified himself to Moses, he said, I am. When Jesus identified himself, he said, I am. And then he began to fill in who he was. Jesus knew from a little boy that he was the son of God. He knew he was God. And it says he emptied himself of all his rights as God to come down and and inhabit a body and walk out his life to show us how we're supposed to live ours with his help and he said i'm the light of the world i am the bread of life i am the way the truth and the life i am the resurrection see how many times jesus says I am something. And if you read in the Bible in Hebrews 5, 7, it says, Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And he was heard by God because of his many tears. Jesus was very emotional because he had a lot of pain that he had to work through. How are you, God, can heal people, but God It's not your time to heal people, and you have to watch your friends die. Or other tragic things like that, because it wasn't his time to step forward yet. He had to contain that. Maybe a childhood friend or someone else. This is really, really powerful. If your pain isn't rightly managed, then it's going to make you a person nobody likes or wants to be around because you yourself will not like yourself because pain is something that doesn't belong inside you. It twists, rips, tears, wounds, damages, pushes, shoves, tortures, torments, unless God is in charge of it. So with your hand in your chest, on your heart, your identity. Say these words. I am a divine appointment. Not a disaster. For the people I meet. Proverbs 4.18. Your righteousness will rise up. Like the sun coming up early in the morning. And it will grow brighter and brighter and brighter. Luke 1, 78 and 79. Those that sit in darkness in your home and family shall see a great light and they shall come out of the darkness and walk into the light. Just say, I receive that. Psalm 27, 1 and 2. The Lord is your light and your salvation. The Lord is the strength of your life. Of whom shall you be afraid? 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Psalm 34.4, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Isaiah 26, 10, 11, and 12. The tyrant masters that have ruled over your mind shall become powerless ghosts, And puffs of smoke blown away by the breath of God. For the Lord your God shall ordain peace for you when others call for war. Isaiah 60 and verse 1. Arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord shall come upon you. Put your hands on your heart and say this. I am light for everybody I meet. I am not darkness. I do not bring darkness. And I do not spread darkness. I spread light. I bring prosperity to people. I do not bring debt. I end debt. When people meet me, their debt begins... To exit their life. Say these words with me. Keep it in your heart. Put your hand right there. And listen to these words. Isaiah 40. 29 through 31. They that wait upon the Lord. Shall mount up with wings. Like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint genesis 2 7 the lord breathed into adam the breath of life and he turned into a living spirit and a true human being acts 2 1 through 8 there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it came into the house and filled the entire house and all the people began to pray in the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit guided them. This is the day that the Lord has made. You will rejoice and be glad. Isaiah fifty four seventeen. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every critical word that comes against you You shall see it destroyed in your life. Jeremiah 1.12, the word of the promise of God that he has spoken over your life, he is watching over that word to perform it and to bring it to pass. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, my word that goes out of my mouth shall not come back void, without accomplishing that which I have sent it to do. Hebrews 4.12 The word of the Lord is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing and dividing between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Let that wash you. Let that wash you. Hebrews 4.16, let us approach the throne of grace and find mercy and grace in our times of need. Psalm 91, verse 10. No evil shall befall you, and no plague shall come near your house. Put your hands on your chest and receive it. Say Exodus 12 23. Say, when the destroyer comes, he will see the blood on my door. And he shall not come in my house to destroy me or mine, but he shall walk on and pass by, because I have the blood of the Lamb on my door. And inside of my house, there is a Lamb, a spotless Lamb. That we have raised and loved and adored, and it is his sacrifice that will give me peace in the days and months to come. Put your hands on your heart and say it I am a hospital, I am not an asylum, I am a cure, not a disease, I am a blessing, not a curse. I am an answer, not a question. I am a solution, not a problem. I am a helper, not a hindrance. I am a builder, not a destroyer. John 14:21. If you love me, do what I say. And the Father and I will come to you. And we will put ourselves on display for you so that you can know us intimately and without reserve and without question. Psalm 73, 24 through 27. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And besides thee I desire nothing on earth. My heart and my flesh may fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forevermore. Exodus 25, 22. I shall come to you and have communion with you from between the wings of the cherubim. And you shall see the mercy seat and it shall cry unto you, grace, grace, grace grace. For when you are hopeless and helpless, I will be your strength. I will be your hope. I will be the standard and the banner that you see when you hear the sound of all the other voices screaming and yelling fear and terror and torment. It is my voice that you will hear and you will hear that voice and it will be clear to you and it will be loud and you will not be deceived by the voices of this world. For I destroy the snake eggs that have been laid inside your head and blow them up today with my word and break them. Do not be afraid for tomorrow. Do not be afraid for your country. For I, the Lord your God, am in your midst a mighty warrior. Let not your hands hang down by your side, but shout unto me, for I have never lost a battle, and I will never lose a battle. Not today, not yesterday, and not tomorrow. 1 Corinthians 2:9. For I has not seen, nor ear heard the things that I have prepared for those that love me. Romans 8:28. All things work together for good. For those that love me and are called according to my purpose. You're going to have my purpose. Because you're going to love me, saith the Lord. And darkness shall not park at your house. Say it with your hands on your heart. I am a helper. I am not a hindrance. I am a builder. Not a destroyer. I build things, I make them better, the things I touch prosper, the people I bless get delivered, the people I love get healed, the people I pray for get miracles. I am a child of God and the pain in my body trains me and teaches me to have compassion for those that are in the same pain are in more pain for I relieve pain I take pain off people and I make people want to live and not die I make people want to sing and not weep I make people want to run and shout and leap and jump because of the victory of Jesus at Calvary say it, I am a comforter I am not a tormentor to people I do not torment people, I do not make people afraid. I bring peace into their life. This is my identity. This is what pain is making me. I am a medicine. I am not a poison. Say it out loud. I am a medicine. medicine. I am not a a poison. The Lord is in my language. The Lord is in my words. The Lord is in my behavior. The Lord is in my personality, I bring hope, I do not bring futility. Wherever I walk, I bring hope, a joyful expectancy that something good is about to happen. I make miracles come true, I pray and a miracle happens. I write a check and a dream is fulfilled, for I am an answer given by God. I am an encourager. I am not a discourager. I am a fixer, not a breaker. I am an equipper, not a dismantler. I am a healer, not a sickness. I am a bridge, not a landslide. Put your hands right there and say, my identity is changing tonight. God is gonna use me more than he's ever used me. It's gonna be easy to be like this. It's gonna flow out of me. For the wells of pain in my body are being turned into rivers of oil and rivers of healing. My life is gonna be a miracle testimony. In the name of Jesus, I am a warrior I am not a victim. I am a peacemaker and not a troublemaker. I am a home. I am a home for the orphan and the widow. For those that have nobody. This is who I am. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let's lift our hands and start to thank God that whatever negativity has entered your mind because of pain, as Kendra beautifully described, now it's leaving your, pain, your life. You see, one of the most important things we learn is that God does not and will not always give us every answer to every question because there would be no need for trust and there would be no need for faith. So I now bless you in the name of the Lord with the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. Say it out loud. My best days are yet to come. Amen. Give somebody a high five. Come on, Pastor Robert. Thank you, everybody. God bless.
0: Praise the Lord. Wow, that was awesome. Now, don't forget, we've got Brother Avid's books and, and uh, things are over there. So if you're interested in that, do that. Praise God. I'm just... That's good. Amen. So... Praise God, I'm just kind of, you know, like... Went to heaven and I not got back to earth yet. Let's take up an offering. How about that? Let's take up an offering. If you need an offering envelope, I just will get you one, but we want to bless them tonight. Praise God. Can't quit thinking about feeding a thousand kids a day. That's big. But then, you know, my heart says, well, what about the. The thousand and one. I think we need to do like a census around that seat. Make sure that it's not more than a thousand kids. Because so what are going to say? Oh, are well, just a thousand, a thousand and one doesn't. It? And then it'll be eleven hundred and it'll just keep growing and then you know. So let's do a census so we don't, you know. I don't know how many is right there? Block it off. Fence it and put a big black deal so I don't have to look on the other side. (laughs) Amen. Well, put your hand on your offering. Father, we just want to bless the ministry through Ivan and Kendra that you've released unto us this week and use them as tools. We want to set our agreement with them and believe God for all the miracles and the things that you're doing. But most of all, Lord, we just want to be a blessing and get tied in and hooked in, continue to be a blessing in the ministry. And so, Lord, I ask you right now to bless the givers. I thank you for exciting, miraculous things going on and taking place. And, Lord, we just praise that we get to be a part in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. So if you're out there online and you're giving online, you want to send in a special offering, well, that's okay. Just send it in. Put a little note on it. We'll make sure it all gets taken care of. We can handle it. Um, uh, so, uh, praise God, we'll stand up. Go ahead, Bill, I'll let you do a Wednesday night deal. Go ahead and you can just kind of pass the bucket down, pass it around. Everybody look at the person around you and say, man, I sure am glad I came tonight. Mm-hmm. Amen. It's good stuff. Good stuff. So praise God. Well, we got a we got a lot of amazing things going on. And we're going to keep going on. So I'm going to pray. Bless you. Father, I just declare tonight in Jesus' name that we are the most blessed people on the face of the earth. Lord, these are the most prosperous people that they have ever that, that could ever be known. Lord, I declare that we are a church who's a paymaster for the kingdom of God. And that, Lord, I declare that you've taken the brokenness of life and the thing that the enemy tries to throw in and the tripping up and the stopping and this and that and the other. So I just declare, Lord God, that you you take it, you shine the light through the cracks, you heal our hearts. But, Lord, we are going to be who you called us to be. We are going to walk in the identity that you called us to walk in, Lord God. And we will not be stopped. We will not be hindered. We will not be uh, uh, taken off of the narrow path that we're walking on. And so, Lord, I just thank you that they are blessed. Everyone out there watching tonight, you're blessed in Jesus' name, and the anointing and the power of God is upon you. And so, Lord, let us be lights to all that we run across this week and continue just to be a blessing everywhere we go. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.